Hey, White Sox fans, it's Crystal O'Keefe with episode 20 of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by the Southside Sox, a part of Bands First Sports Network. Today on the show, I have Emily Nyman of Breaking Balls Pod to talk about the Yankees. Welcome, Emily. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm really happy to be here. I'm always very excited to talk about the Yankees, especially when it's right on the heels of a win. So you got me at a very good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we just swept the Tigers, which, I mean, they're second in our sad division. So <laughs> can't be too mad. Um, so the American League East is like a lawless, wild place right now where the top two teams don't have super high payrolls. Um, you know, the Yankees are in third. Everyone is above 500. And, you know, your Yankees, they're six games back now. So do you see them climbing up to first at all? You know, I really – six six games seemed really daunting. And uh, uh, the pessimist in me, which is really huge because I'm a New Yorker, so I want to say no, but there's so much of the season left that, and, and, you know, they've only played, I think like maybe seven games against the Rays head to head. So mm-hmm. they still have a bunch of games against them. And I think that it's way too early. They still haven't even played at any of the Red Sox. They've played two series against Toronto, uh, two against the Orioles. So there's still so much baseball to be played against ALE's teams and, mm-hmm. and against the Rays that I think that it would be, over the top pessimistic of me to say that they can't overtake that and take the division. Uh, the team is, this team is a good team and they're not even fully healthy yet. So you get Rodon back, you get a few, you know, Stanton just came back, you get a few guys back and all of a sudden this team is looking even better than they were at the beginning of the season. And anything's, you know, this, the sport, what's frustrating about it and what's also awesome about it is it's really like a two season sport. Yeah. First half. And then the second half, I mean, the first half of the 2022 Yankees was unbelievable. They looked like they were basically the Rays this year. They mm-hmm. only lost like 15 games. It was crazy. And then the second half, they played 300 baseball in August. And it was like, woe is me. This team is awful. What's going on? So I still am holding out a lot of hope that the Rays are going to have to have some sort of regression. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just no way that every single player on their team is going to play like 30% better than league average for the whole season. So I'm just hoping that, that happens around the same time that the Yankees start to play where they should be playing. And uh, hopefully a few guys start to figure it out by then. Yeah, I will actually, I will be at a Yankees game in July. So I'm really hoping to have like a good old friend alert because when they let Carlos Rodon walk, I, I don't cry. I cried. (laughs) He was my guy. So we're hoping like the stars align maybe and, he'll be the starter that day who knows I hope so too (laughs) I'm dying for him to come back and I feel your pain because I cried during the half hour after the arson judge tweet from John John Heyman in my car ride home from work that day when I saw I like stopped at a light and I saw everyone reacting I saw the tweet I literally started crying like please God hope that this isn't real and things change and then it actually did so (laughs) (sighs) thank God (laughs) he's I, I wish that I could hate Aaron Judge. I really do, but I, it's impossible for me to do so. Um, so how do you surpass teams like the Rays and Orioles? Because you mentioned, you know, the Rays might finally regress. Do you, do you think either team will kind of self-destruct long enough to, to play catch up? 
I think that I don't know if it'll necessarily happen um, outside of the series. Like, because obviously, if, if they're not playing head to head, then you're hoping for like too many dominoes to have to fall, right? Like, you have to win the same time that they have to lose against other teams. So, I think that it's really going to come down to their head to head matchups. But the Orioles, I'm not as concerned about because they're only two games up, and that's yeah. less than the amount of games that they'd play in one series. So it's it's really the Rays. It's the Rays that they they don't really have much wiggle room in terms of how many head to head match how they can perform in their head to head matchups because they play I think a series less or two series less versus in division matchups than they did in previous years because of the new schedule. So they really only have the next few series like those got to be the series and I, I'm not expecting them to necessarily sweep like whatever's left. I think that's totally unrealistic, but. They just they can't they have to win the series and if they don't fortunately uh, like sixty percent of the league makes it into the playoffs so mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not on some oh my god the Yankees they may not make the playoffs like I don't think it's that dire yet yeah but I do think that um, they're gonna have to play some so, some of the best baseball of the season versus at least the Rays I think the Orioles they have a little bit more wiggle room in, in terms of having to be on their A game for like an entire series yeah for the rest of the series matchups. The Orioles have just been like so oddly impressive, but again, they they have so much like young talent right now, and they're like one of those teams that they're really likable because they're the Orioles. You're not expecting them to to be great, but it's true. And and also like seeing even last year, like when Rushman made his debut and they showed that video of him just like kind of turning around in a circle and like taking in the moment, like. That's how I know that I'm like definitely besides the the age on the uh, on the calendar when I tick up in years <laughs> is stuff like that. Like I'm I'm finding myself getting like misty eyed and feeling really sentimental for things that my mom has always gotten really sentimental for, and I was just like, oh yeah, I guess that's kind of cool. Now yeah. I'm like, oh my god, Adley, look at him! <laughs> it's like the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't even like the Orioles. I know. If you if you like tag me in any kind of Adley video, I will watch it, retweet it, talk about how much I love it because he's <laughs> just so fun. Like his really ridiculous recent one where he's like in the MLB shop. Um, I don't oh, know if you've great. seen it, but he's like talking to customers and talking about how Adley sucks. And I, it was just, <laughs> he's just so funny and he's so young and it's just, but this is not the O's. We're not playing the O's. No, not yet. <laughs> so do you, where do you kind of see the Yankees, you know, sitting in July, but then again, where are they going to be in September? <sighs> Let me see. Let me pull up their little schedule here just to see, make sure I don't say the wrong thing so they still have a few series left they they haven't played Boston they're gonna play Boston a lot this month yeah uh, obviously we have the series with the White Sox um the Rangers have turned into a formidable opponent yeah uh, suddenly uh, I think that I think that they should play pretty well in June I think that they should have a similar June as they had in May um and you know they they have Oakland in there they have the St. Louis Cardinals in there who have just fallen off of a cliff somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really think that uh, come July, that come the all-star break, they should be in the same position they are now. I think that they should play at least 600 baseball this month. Uh, for as much as we can, as fans, we can like nitpick the team. The Yankees are still one of the better teams in the entire league. And I know it's tough, like as a fan from the outside on the inside, looking out, especially after, you know, I'm getting embarrassed in the ALCS last year and 
they made yeah. changes and we're hoping, you know, we're waiting for Rodon to come back and that's really going to lengthen our rotation. But Cole's having an amazing season. Um, you know, we've got some Seve. He had, didn't have a great start the other night against the Dodgers, but I don't did not expect him to have like a, a Cy Young-like season. So <laughs> just hoping for guys like Rod- Rodon is really a big missing piece of the puzzle. I think as soon as he's healthy – and is able to come back. I mean, he's they have him throwing. He's been traveling with the team, so it's going to be soon. I, I see them. I see them going into July's. I think that's really the next time they start playing the Rays is towards the later part of the season. I think that they're going to be neck and neck with them at that point. Yeah, that's totally fair. So, do you think you know by the time the trade deadline hits, are they going to kind of be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Like, do you have anybody right now that you've kind of got on your own trade block? Um, I think that they're going to be buyers. I think that they need, you know, I don't think that we can have Isaiah kind of as like a starting outfielder come the stretch and down into the postseason. Uh, whether they're going to be, I mean, they're going to have to give up somebody though. I, I don't think it's going to be as easy as just like, Oh, let's trade Isaiah kind of for someone who's a, uh, who's better than him. Like I think that there's going to be a higher price to pay and I, they are going to have to make some decisions in terms of, their future with Volpe or with uh, Oswald Peraza or even Oswaldo Cabrera, depending on how he does down the stretch. Um, I want to, so I don't even know who they would really go after. I know everyone always talks about Brian Reynolds. He just signed that extension though with the pirates. So I don't know if he's really going to be an option. I don't know who is. And as in terms of who they would give up for it, it's not going to be the kind of package that I want it to be as a fan because we always want to say, oh, let me, let's just get rid of our worst players and this team will definitely give us their better player for this package. And it doesn't work like that. So I think that uh, whichever of their bench guys is having better years, they're going to package them with someone from, you know, one of those prospects is going to go if it means really adding a bat to the lineup. And honestly, I think that a lot of pressure is on Rodon. I think that they may not even be, it may not even behoove them necessarily to try to add a bat if they're hoping that, hey, if we can suppress more runs in the postseason, then maybe we can make something happen. But as we saw last year, when half the lineup is almost an auto out, they're even worse in the postseason when you're facing teams that have the best pitching in the league. So I honestly, I don't know what they're going to do. I feel like every time I try to like predict something, they do something different or they don't because, you know, that. And I'm not someone who's like, oh, you know, the Yankees, all this stuff that's always geared towards the Yankees. But I will say that when it comes down to the deadline, the teams know who's hurting and they know what position these teams want and they know what they have. And they know, especially with the Yankees, how many fans are depending and they're watching the news and they're waiting for these moves to happen. So I know that it is, hey, they may ask for a huge package like they did last year with Castillo. The Yankees were kind of in on him, but then we saw what the Mariners ended up giving up, and that's the sort of thing that teams were asking for. So I want a left fielder. I really do. I don't want Stanton to have to play out there. I don't want Kiner Falefa to have to play out there every day, but I also don't think I want to give up every single trading, every single valuable prospect that the Yankees have just for a left fielder who maybe just be like a rental or just one year, but that's baseball, right? That's, that's yeah. the business. I'm lucky that I don't have to make those decisions. The White Sox are well known for just rentals. So yeah, I fully, fully get that. So, <laughs> <laughs> does Aaron Boone get fired this season? I don't think so. No, no, I don't think I, so either, but you know, <laughs> just like with Cashman, you know, people are always like, Oh, he should get fired. And 
on one hand, I get it as a fan, especially Yankee fans. They have this mentality of like, oh, it's World Series or bust. And if they don't make it to the World Series, then everyone needs to be fired because that's what the plan is. But we we know that that's actually not how it is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Cashman's been the most successful GM in sports history in the sports history. And Boone has brought they've been great with Aaron Boone. And obviously the seasons haven't ended up ended up the way that we want them to. But They've been to the ALCS like three times in the last like five, six years. So it's always tough to try. I try to put myself outside of being a Yankee fan and being like, okay, listen, it could be worse. I could be a fan of this team or that team. And like, I look like an idiot crying about these things when it's like, oh, they haven't beaten the Astros and gotten to the World Series. And fans of other teams are like, the World Series, you haven't gotten to the postseason in God knows how long. So try to have some good perspective on it. But no, I don't think any of those guys will be fired. So do you have, you know, say you have to pick a Yankees MVP candidate today. Do you have one off the top of your head that you would pick? Who would it be? Aaron Judge. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Aaron Judge. (laughs) My next question actually stems with Aaron Judge. So is Gus Judge content the cutest and best thing on the internet? Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) It, It was so cute. And anytime, so like his, they have two dogs. Penny is like Gus's older sister, and it's mm-hmm. the same type of dog. And I've seen pictures with Penny before, but I'd never seen any footage like that. So when they showed it during the game, I audibly was like, oh, and then I sent the video to like every person that I've ever met in my life after. <laughs> and I was watching actually, a judge just did an interview on a Mookie Betts has a, a show on like a, Bleacher Report or something Mm -hmm. called Off Base and he interviews players and he interviewed Judge so I watched the whole uh, hour long interview and they were talking about Gus Judge and Judge was like oh you know that the camera's just playing tricks on you guys it's actually a golden retriever with me like (laughs) he's so huge poor Gus is like the size of his foot it's so adorable though (laughs) I love it and then my very funny question um, from my dear friend Celeste she just wants to no, um, who has the best butt and why is it Giancarlo Stanton? It is absolutely Stanton. And it's just, he is an Adonis. Like he yes. is just like, he was carved by the gods and just placed down on earth. Like he's just perfect. And judge, I love judge. Yeah. Judge, in my opinion, is very, very hot. But Stanton is, there's just like, he was just built for this sport <laughs> it was in a way that no was because no one else looks like him. Like he's just, yeah. And there, I, a music video from a few years ago was brought to my attention where like, he is like pretending to be, I forget the artist's name, but he's shirtless. They're rolling around in bed. I was like, why have I never seen this? Yeah. Music? Like, yeah. Celeste, you're hundred percent correct. He is definitely sexy. He definitely has the nicest butt. I agreed with her. Neither one of us typically care for men, but yeah, he's just that's just what Stanton does. Just, just beautiful, incredible. beautiful, just a beautiful human. Oh yeah, that whole body issue with him. I was like, oh, oh okay, that's cool. That's cool. I'll keep I have two copies. <laughs> now that you can see who bookmarked. Well, now you can see it's bookmarked. So now it's embarrassing. But you know. <laughs> anyway, we are going to take just a very quick break to pay bills, and we will be back to break down this series. And we are back. Again, I've got Emily on here to talk about this upcoming White Sox series. So the White Sox are really hot and cold. (laughs) Um, 
and you know, even like our best, like our ace pitchers are, are just not guaranteed to be good. Like going into the season, we thought Dylan Cease was the ace. Coming out of this season, we're like, uh, do we have one? Um, is it Lucas Giolito? Michael Kopech is suddenly doing great. Lance Lynn, I'm waiting. He, he's one of those rentals. Right. We, you know, we got rid of very young Dane Dunning for a man that's my age. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's really hot and cold. So, and even our runs, like a day ago, we scored because of a wild pitch and won. Today, it was a walk-off grand slam. Like, it's just constantly hot and cold. So how do you feel going into the series with your Yankees, you know, obviously showing a bit more um, better baseball? I'm I'm definitely feeling confident going into the series. Um, Like you said, like, the White Sox are a weird team, though, and the Yankees can be weird as well. Mm -hmm. So I I think that because although even your pitching staff, like the names that you listed, it's not like it's a bunch of no-name guys. So it is – there can be flashes of brilliance, and I think that a lot of times the Yankees can bring that out in certain teams, and especially playing at Yankee Stadium can bring it out. The fans can be really, really intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're really close to the field. Um, so I think that uh, you can get really good performances out of guys that may have up to this point not really brought it, for better or for worse. And I think the same can be said for the Yankees guys too. Uh, I'm still feeling confident, though. I still think that um, I think the White Sox are probably going to play better than they may have throughout the season, especially because of all that BS last year with that idiot Josh Donaldson and uh, Tim Anderson. I think that that's, of course, going to get brought up and and that's always going to fire things up a little bit. And I think that um, it's going to be a good series. It's going to be better than I think probably maybe White Sox fans are hoping or, or expecting maybe. Um, it's going to be some good baseball. We're, we're now like getting into the meat of the season, so mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting. Yeah, so you guys, you'll face Lucas Giolito. Again, he's been great. Then Lance Lynn, who I, I really think is cooked. And then you end with he who shall not be named because we don't like him. Um, and I know we'll see we'll see Clark Schmidt and, you know, we'll see obviously Sevy, who's, who's fun to watch. So yeah. – what else can you kind of tell me about this pitching rotation you've got right now? Uh, I, you know, I think that uh, the pitching rotation, it's, it's better than I probably am giving it credit for in my head. Obviously Cole is great. Uh, he had a few tough starts last week, but he really got it together. He brought it yesterday. He came out of the game a little prematurely than normally he would due to just some cramping. Um I think that the Yankees rotation is very good. I think that it's a lot better than a lot of fans and some analysts even give it credit for. Uh, Sevy has just, he's, he can be up and down, but like you said, he's an exciting pitcher when he's on. He's very, he's, he has ace-like stuff. Um, I think Clark Schmidt, he's kind of starting to figure it out. Um, Herman is pitching today, so I don't think you guys will see him at all. But uh, besides that, you know, Nestor, I think is struggling a little bit with the, um, the pitch clock. I think that he's suffering a little bit the same sort of issue that Manoa is suffering from. That I think that they're the pacing, they're not really in the greatest shape for that sort of pacing. And then once things get kind of unravel, they can't take a timeout and reel it back in. So I think that um besides him though, I, I think that we're pretty good. I think the, the White Sox are gonna have their hands full. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know the the day I am going to the Yankees day, it is Nestor Cortez bobblehead night. 
Cool. I am so pumped to get my hands I on I love that. Nestor. <laughs> I love Nestor. He's so he's just such a quirky, he's just one of the quintessential baseball guys where like no other sport can have like star or successful players like this. You know what I mean? That just they don't look very athletic and they they are they have their own quirks and even in in terms of weirdo pitchers, pitchers are weirdos and they do all do weird things and he somehow has like ramped that up and been successful and that's like one of the things that I love about baseball is that someone like Nestor Cortez Jr. can just have immense success and be a, a star of sorts. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all kind of remember the Bartolo Colon days. Like, you <laughs> never would think that that guy is an athlete, but man, he was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so, or had you... some families because he was so ugly. I was I like, know. this guy's got two families. Look at his yeah. face. He looks it's... like a, one of those blowfish things, one of those weird, <laughs> like, blobfish. He had like the same face. He's so weird. And I mean, yeah, like you said, they're all kind of quirky. Lance Lynn has just, he's another one where you're like, he's, he's a pitcher like he plays baseball and I'm like yeah and he was like really good um because like you said we're the same age we came from like the same state so I actually saw him pitching in high school and like the high school championship series because they oh, won that and so I'm just like yeah he really hasn't changed he just has that beard now <laughs> yeah now he just looks like a man yeah he's the same same guy but <laughs> just funny how that works so what are your keys for the Yankees to take this series? I think their keys are obviously the Yankees, they live and die with Aaron Judge. That if Judge has a good series, they are most likely going to win. If he is able to be shut down by pitchers, I think that they're going to struggle. Uh, fortunately, um, having Donaldson and having especially Giancarlo Stanton back in the lineup, that helps relieve him of a little bit of that pressure but not as much that he still needs to play and be on his game. And he still needs to, if he's not hitting home runs, he has to then be on base for someone like Stanton to do some damage. I mean, fortunately Rizzo is having an unbelievable season as well. Uh, I think that um, that's dangerous for the White Sox just because when you're playing at Yankee stadium and a left-handed bat is hot, that can be trouble because that fence is very, very close, especially when you're a team struggling. It seems like it gets moved in even a little bit more. You can just hit a weak fly ball and it'll seem like it'll go out. Um, so I think that that's really what it boils down to. And and someone at the bottom of the lineup doing something, just one thing, just be on base maybe for Aaron Judge when he gets to the top of the lineup. Like no, it doesn't even have to be an unbelievable series. Just please, like if, if any of you guys are listening, just please just like get on base one time, once. That's it. I do have a lot of your bottom rotation listening to this podcast. So here in <laughs> <laughs> I am glad this series is not in Chicago, though, because anytime Anthony Rizzo plays, you know, the White Sox in any fashion, they just will boo him mercilessly the entire <laughs> game because, you know, he's so well known for the Cubs and right. who like him and Javi Baez when they're in town. It is just it gets ugly at guaranteed rate. Very ugly. It's probably a little bit like a probably makes them feel like a at home though too, where it's like yeah. this is something that's been happening to them their whole career. So f hearing those the sounds of the ballpark is probably very comforting and to a certain extent. Maybe. <laughs> um, so do you have like I mean, do you have any fears heading into the series aside from like your kind of bottom of the lineup not doing anything? Um, you know, I I don't really. I, I don't. I, I'm feeling really high on the team right now. Uh, fortunately it's because this 
interview is taking place before the Sunday night baseball game versus Dodgers where, and they won last night. So I'm, you know, it's, it's, it is a, a real roller coaster being a baseball fan that I live and die by the team, just like they live and die by Aaron judge. So I'm feeling very positive right now. I'm not worried about anything. Uh, talk to me tomorrow. If this team, <laughs> if this game doesn't go well tonight, I'll probably be feeling a little different and whatever didn't go right is probably the thing I'll now be worried about. Yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm feeling good. I mean, judge is not playing tonight. Uh, on my knee jerk is to be worried about that because of him crashing to the fence, but I think that right. he's okay. I think he's just getting a day off. The Yankees love to give him two days off in a row whenever they have a day off coming up after us between series. So no, I'm cautiously optimistic and not feeling worried right at this very moment at 5 41 PM on Sunday. <laughs> I love that because you're like the first person that's like, no, we're good. We've got this. everyone else is like, well, I mean, maybe. So do you, yeah. do you think that Aaron Judge is the biggest threat right now against the White Sox team, or do you think it's your pitching rotation or or even um, some unnamed person? I think it's probably a little bit of both because obviously Aaron Judge, he's – and I pains me to say this. He, he isn't Shohei Otani, so he's not yeah. going to be out there on the mound. So I think that it's a little bit of both. I think the, that Aaron Judge is going to be the problem in terms of the White Sox trying to suppress runs. And in terms of them trying to score runs, I, our rotation is pretty good. Our bullpen has been some of the best in the league. So I think that, but hey, and I've, I've certainly seen, seen all of the above not have a good series and not have a good game, especially the pitching staff and especially the bullpen. So anything is possible in this beautiful, frustrating game of ours. <laughs> but I am feeling confident that so far this year, the Yankees, they have, done their job as opposed to the, the thing that's always possible turning bad on them. So I, I, I'm feeling confident. I still think that they're going to win the series. I don't know if they'll sweep, but I do think that it's going to be a W at the end of the day. Sorry, White Sox fans. No, no, we're, we're used to it. I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I forgot. Oh yeah. I was just going to say this will, this will be a, it might be an ugly matchup though, because I feel like these two teams really, Especially after, you know, the Field of Dreams game, they just really butt heads now with, you know, Tim Anderson. And I mean, I'm sure Sebi Zavala will be catching and I will always remember like his home run at that game, how ridiculous it was. But yeah, I feel like it just got very ugly after that series, like on Twitter. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I am not going to argue with anyone. I don't want to be in the middle of this. You guys are scary. It's just baseball. <laughs> That's how I felt about it too. And especially like, let alone, and not even to uh, dismiss what Donaldson said to Tim Anderson and it's horrible, but also Josh Donaldson is literally the last player on my, well, no, Domingo Herman is also a scumbag. So, but Donaldson is one of the last players. And this was even before the Tim Anderson thing happened that I, I hated Josh Donaldson and he was one of the players I hated the most in the league. So when he came to the Yankees, I was like, you got to be kidding me. He's the last player I'm going to go to bat for. So when everyone was like defending Donaldson and if it were any player that had said that, I didn't understand how you could come to their defense, but especially Josh Donaldson, he's a total scumbag. No one likes him. So I kept very far away from that discourse as well. I was like, I am not saying shit. Oh, sorry. I'm not saying anything about this. So I, if that's what, if that gets brought up again, you will see me keep a very further than an arm's length distance away oh. from it because Josh Donaldson is the last guy that I would ever go to bat for. Yeah. 
one person, you know, I posted, I was like, do you have any like fun Yankees questions ahead of this? And one person did say, is Josh Donaldson still a big fucking loser as yes. he has been for the past two seasons? And I was like, I can answer that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be and to know that answer to that question. But yeah, I mean, you're right. You, you've got two big scumbags on that team right now. But hey, we've got one really big scumbag too. So it kind of evens it out. Don't you just love, I I just love Major League Baseball. They just make us, they make the fans have to do all these mental gymnastics in Mm -hmm. order to be able to cheer for their team. And it really is just makes me sick to my stomach that at least the Yankees got rid of uh, one scumbag, Chapman. Mm -hmm. He's now back on the Royals and uh, hopefully he just goes to die there and we don't hear about him again. And hopefully Vermont. Yeah. I hope Vermont gets traded. Good. I hope he, he's been pitching pretty well. I hope he's on the freaking trading block and they get rid of him and then all I have to worry about is Donaldson. I think that this is going to be his last year. Mm -hmm. Please God don't offer him any sort of extension. He's older than I am. So he should be gone. Yeah. And then maybe the Yankees will be free from it because I really, one thing obviously beyond Aaron judge being like the heart of the team in terms of performance, one thing that I really love about Judge and I love about Garrett Cole and I love about Giancarlo Stanton is that the Yankees have invested all of this money and years into guys that are really easy to root for. Yeah, they, I love Garrett Cole. <laughs> right? Uh, me too. And, and like he's just he's just goofy and yeah. he's got like dad energy even before he had a baby. Like he's just like such a goofball like I don't know, like after kids special sort like after school special sort of vibes from him and they just they're totally unproblematic and mm-hmm. I just want more of that in my life. And I, I'm glad that the stars on my team are unproblematic. For And I'm glad that hopefully the two scumbags that are still left are going to be something of the past in a few years. Because I just want to be able to not have to, like, hate somebody that's mm-hmm. wearing a Yankees uniform. Please. Yeah. Uh, in, two, in 2016, when the, you know, Cubs were in the World Series, I was obviously – I mean, I watch the World Series no matter what every year – but I was donating so much money when your previous scumbag would come in to close because I yeah. hate him. I donate money every time Clevenger starts for the White Sox. You know, it's just like, I don't even make that much money. Why are you making <laughs> me do this? All right. You, we're donating money and they're literally getting paid like $100,000 for that I appearance. I was Life like, is so unfair. I get paid less than all of these men on this app and I am the one like <laughs> donating $25 every single start. Very frustrating, but yes. But yeah, you do you're right. You do have you have great people because Aaron Judge is easy to love. Stanton is easy to love. And I watched a video of just like two minutes of Garrett Cole being goofy. And I was like, I I love this man especially like the very last one, the, you know, now disgraced female journalist from ESPN. There's, there's a question where she was asking him, you know, what type of pitches is he going to throw to Otani? And he was like, Marley, he doesn't need any help. I'm not going to tell you what kind of pitches I'm going to throw. And I was like, this, he's just, he's like effortlessly funny. And like you said, yes. like big dad vibes. Oh, <laughs> They're fun. I'll just send you the video if you haven't seen it. You know, like the Yankees social media team has been doing a really good job this year. And when they come in from, you know, the parking lot or whatever, before games have been asking them different questions. And one of them was asking them to imitate Nestor Cortez's windup. And Garrett Cole's imitation is just 
if you didn't love Cole before you saw this, it is hilarious and it's right on the money. And it's just like, he's just so goofy and you just don't expect it from him because he can be so intense yeah. uh, competitor when he's pitching and very like no nonsense, boring guy. But he's, he's still no nonsense, boring guy, but in like yeah. a goofy sort of way. And it's very endearing. So my, my son right now, um, who is playing, you know, like little league baseball, his team is the his team of the Yankees and he's been growing his hair out. And so it's really funny because like they've got the same hair color, but it's funny because when he's up on the mound, because occasionally he will pitch and he's got his hat on and I'm just like, that just looks like Garrett Cole, you know, just Aww. a little mini Garrett Cole up there. So I just started calling him that. And he was like, I do kind of look like him. <laughs> you just inadvertently created a Yankee fan. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, that's all it took. Oh, good grief. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so yes, please send me that video because I think he's just the funniest. Yeah, he is so cute. So be before we wrap things up, your thoughts kind of on this season so far, like who's going to the World Series, who is like the biggest underdog, you know, like what have you kind of been seeing throughout this season? I think that, I think the World Series, I think the National League is going to come down to the Dodgers and the Braves. Uh, as as per usual in the last few years, uh, I think that the the American League is way more of a toss up at this point. There's way more surprises in the American League. Um, I, I would say this is normally the time that I would say that the American League is the Astros to lose, but they haven't really proven that they are the far and away the best team yet. I know their fans think otherwise, but they still haven't taken back their division. The I would say, and and I, I almost feel bad. If the Orioles weren't in my division, I would feel bad. But this was like their year to be that team. Like, oh my God, the Orioles, I can't believe they're good. But the Rangers have sort of been way more surprising. And I know, oh yeah, they got DeGrom and they got Seager and they got some guys, but it didn't seem like enough. Yeah, and DeGrom isn't paper. even pitching right now. You know, he's yeah, been he's injured. Been like a month. He's, he's on his like annual, you know, 10 weeks off injury and it's it's working Evaldi has been really you know picking up the slack for for DeGrom and I think that they've had a lot of guys uh have some career years like uh Garcia and right field I think that he's been a monster uh, I still think that it'll probably come down to you know a Rays Yankees Astros situation at the end of the day but for now I I can't really make any there's nothing that has convinced me that any team in the American League, I mean, the Rays even, there's just, maybe this is just a fan in me and like a defense mechanism, but I'm just like, there's no way they could be this good for the whole year. Like, it's got to come down and come crashing down at some point. And I just uh, hope that I am happening, watching when it happens and they're playing the Yankees when it happens. But, I mean, I guess to give an answer, at this point it would be Rays and then Dodgers, Braves. One of those two teams I think is a toss-up between the two of them. Yeah, I feel like it's it's always the Braves at this point. They're like the new yeah. Astros right now. Ugh. <laughs> I know. I I dislike both teams. Like those are those. If you ask, those are my two least favorite teams. So I don't. Yeah, I don't care for the Braves it. either. They're cheesy to me. They're a cheesy franchise to me. I don't know why, but maybe it's because of the '90s and like they had all those Hall of Famers and they only won that one World Series. Mm, but I don't know. Yeah. And then. Ted Turner on TNT and stuff like I don't know there's just something cheesy about them it's it's the racism for me that I'm not oh yeah that's it that's, that's awful too yeah so <laughs> yeah I just good point oh we had we had a teacher um 
couple years back, one of my kids had a teacher, and my daughter actually might have him this year, and he's a Braves fan. And I, you know, my son would give him a lot of crap, and I was like, you can't really say much to him, though, because they're, they're still good no matter what. But, like, you know, just, just talk about the chop and how racist it is, and I'll be proud of you. <laughs> yeah, the racist chop. I love how that's the thing that they hold on to him and and they get very upset if you make fun of it. Like, why are you defending this? Why do you care so much about this? Who gives a shit? Yeah, they're, they're the worst. All <laughs> right. Well, Emily, thank you so much. This is this is your shot to, you know, plug your socials where we can find you and all of that. You can find me on Twitter at M She Does It. And you can also find my podcast at Breakballs Pod. Um, we release an episode once every week, sometimes every two weeks. And if you enjoyed this conversation, you will most likely enjoy that. It's me with my cousin, John, who's a co-host, and he's also a Mets fan. But he is a very reasonable Mets fan. So it's a very fun conversation. Reasonable I'm not that reasonable of a Yankee fan, though. So yes. take that as you will. Reasonable Mets fans do exist. They're usually my <laughs> NL team. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I actually think I might be seeing the Mets more this year than I am seeing the White Sox in person, which is kind of embarrassing as I host this podcast. But, you know, it's fine. It is what it is. Yeah, it's baseball. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so very much. Uh, like I said, go follow Emily. Go follow the podcast. Both quality follows. So thank you thank so you. much. And best of luck. Thanks. You too. Yes.